0: Amen. To this we hold that our hope is in Jesus. And let's now turn to the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles with you, please open it in the book of Hebrews. And we are going to consider just the four first verses of of chapter, chapter 1 of Hebrews this morning. So in... We are going to study the passage, but I will also give you a background and a quick overview on the book of Hebrews. So we can have a better idea what the author means and what's the, the, the scene behind this passage here this morning. Well, let's read Hebrews 1, 1 to 4. Long ago, at many times and in many ways... After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And we ask God to bless the reading of these words to our hearts. And so, as I said, we'll we'll give you kind of an overview of the book of Hebrews before, so... We don't really know the author of the book of Hebrews and that's probably something that always strikes me. I'm very curious so we don't actually know who wrote the book of Hebrews. But the author of Hebrews here he identifies his time as the last days. We can see this, the very first verse. So he identifies those times as the last days. And we commonly think of the last days as the time just before Jesus returns, right? But in the New Testament, the term last days refers primarily to the first century. So these were the last days of the old covenant. And they kind of inaugurated the last age of human history and we are still living in these last days all right so in a sense last days means climactic days and the coming of Jesus of course was the climax of of history and we are still living in that climax anyway during this time persecution was a real problem for the church it was heavy persecution against christians And this letter was most likely written to jewish christians who were ready who were about to give up their faith and return to the jewish faith because of persecution and by this time here the temple was still standing when this book was written and all the priestly ceremonies were still being carried on daily So, how easy it would be for these Jewish believers to escape persecution by going back to the old system which they had known before? So, the book of Hebrews was written to teach these Jewish Christians that the Christian faith is better in every way than the old traditions. They knew it. So that's kind of the background here. But just as a side note, the, the author of Hebrews, he, he's not rejecting the law. That's not what he's talking about here. He's only pointing that some of the old practices were not necessary anymore because of the coming of Christ, the work of Christ, and the sacrifice of Christ. we before we start i want to point out kind of the author's style or method directing you by one of the final verses of the book the hebrews 13 22 says i appeal to you brothers bear with my word of exhortation for i have written to you briefly so he, he calls us a short letter Tell me, who writes a 13-chapter letter and calls it short? It doesn't sound very short. But af- aside from this, notice that the author identifies what he does as a word of exhortation. And the same phrase here, and on the original, is used in Acts 13, 15, when Paul and his companions, they asked to speak a message of encouragement. To the christians of antioch so the letter of to the hebrews is meant to be a word of exhortation or a message of encouragement so in other words as as, as a sermon is meant to encourage the faith of the persecution the persecuted hebrew christians as a book filled with practical spiritual help as well as plenty of warnings so notice how the word of encouragement starts there is no words of greeting there is no identification of the author there is no identification to the audience there's nothing like we have in post letters for example The book of Romans, you see, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, to all in Rome, grace and peace to you. The book of Corinthians, Paul, called to be an apostle, to the church in God in Corinth, grace and peace with you. Galatians, Paul, an apostle, to the church in Galatia, grace and peace to you. So you can see this pattern here, this repetition, and we have none of this with the letter to the Hebrews, rather right away starts with Jesus Christ. Right away. So why does a word of exhortation to persecuted Christians start with Jesus? And that's because the author of the book wants to convince them, those persecuted Christians, that Jesus is better in anything and everything which came before. He's better than the angels. He is better than Moses and Joshua. Better than the tabernacle and temple. Better than Aaron and the priests. Better than all prophets. All of these were good gifts. Yes, they were. They were wonderful gifts. But Jesus is better. Jesus is superior. Jesus is foremost. So how can you go back into your former religion? That is what the writer is asking the Hebrew Christians. He's saying, take time to evaluate what you have in Jesus Christ. Because he is better than anything you ever had before. The book of Hebrews exalts the person in the work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When you realize all that you have in and through him, you have no desire for anyone else or anything else and we see this exaltation of Jesus in our opening verses first Jesus is the best message from God second Jesus is the exact representation the exact imprint of God's nature Third, God is the, Jesus is God's purifier from sins. And fourth, Jesus Jesus receives the majesty of God. But before saying anything else, we need to look at four important words, four crucial words in order to better understand the book of Hebrews. And the first word is better or superior. And this word is used actually loads of times in the book. And the writer using this word shows the superiority of Jesus Christ and his salvation over the Hebrew system of religion. Christ is better or superior to the angels. Verse 4 he brought in a better hope he is the mediator of our superior covenant which is founded on better promises so the first word is better another word that is repeated in this book quite a lot is perfect and it refers to a perfect standing before God and this perfection could never be accomplished by the Levitical priesthood, for example, or by the law. Nor could the blood of animal sacrifices achieve it. But Jesus Christ gave himself as one offering sin. And by this, he has made perfect forever. Forever those who are being made holy Hebrews 10 14 the third word is eternal and as another very important word for the message of the book of Hebrews Christ is the source of eternal salvation through his blood he obtained eternal redemption he shares with believers the promise Eternal in inheritance, his throne lasts forever and ever, and he is a priest forever. So this word is repeated over and over and over. And a fourth word is actually a, a phrase, and it's once for all. The priests, the priests of the tabernacle and temple, had to offer sacrifices. Again and again. But Jesus offered a sacrifice once for all. When he offered himself. His sacrifice was once for all time. And once for all men. It never needs to be repeated. It never needs to be done again. Again. Once for all implies completion. And when, whenever something needs to be done again and again, that means no one time is complete. One time is not enough. But when something is once for all, it does not need to be repeated. It is final, it is finished, it's complete, it's full. And when you combine those four important words, you discover then that Jesus Christ and the Christian life he gives are better. Because his blessings are eternal and they give us a perfect standing before God. The religious system under the law was imperfect because it could not accomplish our once for all redemption that was eternal but let's go now finally to the passage to see what we can learn in this introduction to hebrews verse one starts long ago says hebrews at many times and in many ways god spoke to our fathers by the prophets so notice the repetition here, prophets many times and many ways. Think of Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, John the Baptist. The ceremonies and symbols of the law. The sacrifices and furnishings of the tabernacle and temple. But in these last days, says the verse, in these last days he has spoken to us by his son so my friends Jesus is God's last word Jesus is God's complete word Jesus is God's final word Jesus is God's full word Jesus is better perfect and eternal word Jesus is God's word once for all it never needs to be repeated it never it never needs anything else it is full and complete all that we need to know and see and learn to live as God's children in this broken down world we find in here in the Son of God. But I know that there are so many voices competing for our attention in this world. So many voices. We have plenty of examples TV, WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, and we can go on. So we have plenty of voices competing for our attention in these words. So who do we listen to? who are we listening to and we should always listen to the son to the son of god because he is god's final word god's last word god's complete word god's better word god's perfect and eternal word and all that we need to we need to know for god's glory in our salvation we find in the Son. the second thing we learn in this introduction to hebrews is that jesus is the exact representation of god he is the full image of god listen to how hebrews put this verses 2 and 3 but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things, to whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So in those two verses here, we see five excellencies of the Son. First, the Son is the heir of all things heir of all things god has made humanity is the image of god and thus humanity should be god's heir but because of sin we had been disinherited but in christ however we become heirs once again rulers of the cosmos god created for his children because Christ has inherited the rule over the universe from the Father. And in union with Him, we also participate in that rule. Second, the Son made the universe in the beginning. Listen to that. You know how John puts this in John 1, verses 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1.16, the passage we read at the beginning of the service. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Telling us what? Telling us Jesus is God. Telling us that he is also creator. Telling us that he is almighty. Third, the sun is the radiance of God's glory. He is the visible visible manifestation of God's own essence. And glory is what shines forth from God, right? And here the idea is that the Son, the Son of God, is the shining that comes from the Father. Because God cannot help but be glorious and we see his glory when we look to his son fourth the son is the exact imprint or or the exact representation of God's being of God's nature human beings are the created images of God but the son is an exact uncreated image of God the father being fully God the son is an absolute authentic representation of God's being so there is, for us in a sense no need for us to see the father because the son perfectly represents him Fifth, the sun, the sun sustains all things by his powerful word. The sun sustains all things by his word. By his word, the sun keeps the universe running. The planets and galaxies moving. The law of gravity and physics constant so season faithfully follows season so trees don't become cows and float off into space for example so each morning we are greeted by sunshine and not by the light of the moon so think of this description of the sun air of all things maker of the universe radiance of god's glory the exact and print of his nature and sustainer of all things and think of this and think again of the four words we just spoke about better perfect eternal once for all so truly he is superior to anyone And anything else. The third thing we learn in this introduction to Hebrews. Is that Christ provided purification for sins. He provided purification for sins. Yes. Christ is the word of God. Christ is the full image of God. Yes. But we... We need more than revelation we need more than an image we especially need atonement we need propitiation we need forgiveness and now remember the audience of this book the audience is hebrew christians jews People more than acquainted with the tabernacle and their sin offerings and their guilt offerings. So you ask any one of these Hebrew Christians what is needed for purification for sins. And they will answer straight away that blood needs to be shed. It could be a cow or a bull, a goat, a lamb, whatever it is. Bloodshed is necessary. But Christ, this Son, provided purification for sins. And in, in this little phrase here, one of the major teachings of Hebrews is introduced to us namely, that Christ shed his own blood. That He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That He makes atonement for us who are sinners. Now think about this in terms of what we have already been told. The Son who took on flesh provided purification. He who is God's last word in these last days. He who is the radiance of God in the exact imprint of his nature. Wow! God provides himself as purification for sin. It is the blood of the eternal Son of God that provides purification something better far better far superior to the blood of animals and so think of what this said to the hebrew christians in the face of persecution some renounced their faith in the lord some of them stopped assembling together on the lord's day some deliberately kept sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth. And they are being told up front that there is forgiveness, propitiation, and atonement through and because of Jesus, because of Christ. Because no sin is too big for Christ to forgive. No temptation is beyond his ability to handle. So come to Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Find in him all you need for the purification. From the pollution of sins. No matter how big. Or how many sins you have. Come to Jesus. And the fourth and final thing we are told. Something wonderful. We are told that Jesus receives the majesty of God. Check verses 3 and 4. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And notice, after he provided purification, after the cross and the grave, after the shedding of blood. Hebrews here is talking about the, the ascension. Hebrews is talking about Jesus going up into heaven and sitting at God's right hand. Hebrews is talking about Jesus' throne, Jesus' rule, Jesus' name of Lord. Therefore, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So, the Son who took on flesh, the Son who is the Word, the Son who is the radiance of God, the Son who provides purification is now also the exalted Son. He is exalted, He is King, He is Lord, He is ruler. He is the exalted one. He is at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He is all power, all rule, all authority. He comes over Caesar. He comes over the Jewish religious authorities. He comes over soldiers and armies and generals and kings. He, the King who died for you, is over all. He, the King who is God's image, loves you. So keep heart, my friends, as you, as we face opposition. Because he is with us. So the book of Hebrews, as you can tell, it's all about Jesus. And it's a calling to persevere in Jesus. Because he is better. He is perfect. He is eternal. And what he does is once for all. Let's pray. heavenly father thank you for your son jesus christ thank you because he is better he is perfect he is eternal and what he does is once for all he is king he is lord he is ruler he is worthy he is god Thank you because we can learn so much about our lord jesus in your word and we pray for your help to persevere in jesus as we face opposition and in his holy name we pray amen